Welcome back to the bubble for episode three. Uh, as promised, we have our draft analyst here, Smore. Uh, he's a college basketball expert. A lot of the guys on the bubble don't really know much about college ball, so we're bringing on a special guest today to help us get prepped for Thursday's draft. Um, without further ado, Smore, tell us about yourself. I know you don't have a, a favorite NBA team, but any NBA relative facts, feel free yeah, to share. Yeah, the guys on the bubble know shit about college basketball, I will tell you right now. Um, yeah, about myself, I don't know shit about the NBA, really. Um, surprising that my first debut on a podcast is an NBA podcast, but here I am. Um, yeah, I'm a, I guess I'm a Nick fan, but I can be swayed other ways. I uh, just like to watch good basketball, man. That's it. Yeah. Love of the game. We love that. Um, anyway. but let's jump right into what you know and what you love, which is college ball. Obviously going to start off with the top three picks. I think it's a consensus Wemby, Scoot and Brandon Miller. Um, I think oh, two weeks ago, the odds were pretty even for who was going to go two or three between Scoot and Miller. But, um, I think updated today, Scoot's minus 165 to go second, um, with Miller to go third. Um, so obviously you can be a little biased towards Wemby because it's a generational talent. He's seven foot four, seven foot five, but tell us a little about what you think about those top three picks. Oh, it's actually funny that two of the top three guys didn't even play college basketball, but, um, yeah, I mean, in terms of women, Yama, everyone said everything. I think the Spurs are probably a playoff team. If keyword, if, uh, he stays healthy. I think he has a pretty good track record in terms of health overseas, but um, it just never really works out for those tall guys. Um, but yeah, I don't see why he's not a 20 and 10, you know, all-star this season with the volume he'll get in San Antonio and the coaching. I think it's a home run spot for him. I seemed a little rigged, honestly. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm not going to go too much into him. He's one. So, I don't know much about Scoot, but I know that he's athletic and I know that he can't really shoot quite yet. And like, I don't know. I know he's a freak athlete though, but I, I think know. Seen these videos, he, he's hidden. He's like working out with Curry and, and Dame. And I don't I know. know. He, I saw, that Curry, saw that Curry bullshit. I think Brandon Miller's a home run. I think if we look back in 10 years outside of this whole uh, criminal side of his you know, uh, story, I guess. I think if we look back in 10 years and women Yama gets really injured or something, he might have the best career out of this draft. I think when he gets an NBA strength plan and he's already pretty built, I think he's could be Paul George. He could be better than that. I think he's three and D's great defender, excellent shooter, excellent ball handler, um, had a horrible March and fucked a lot of people's brackets over, including myself. But, uh, I think in the NBA, he's perfect fit. Yeah. I mean, his build too is perfect in my opinion. The, the was he 6'8", 6'10", 6'9"? I, I think know. he's like 6'9", but he's long. Like he's uh, – really reminds me of Jabari um, from last year. Like the same kind of play, the same kind of mold player. They're comparing him to kind of KD in terms of the shot creating aspect. Um, do you see any similarities to Jabari Smith at all? Do you think he would be better? Because um, I, I was kind of expecting more from bad. Jabari this, this rookie season. Yeah, I think – I don't think Jabari Smith – I think he's actually very similar coming out of college as well. Both SEC guys, both – I think one thing that Brandon Miller would have over Jabari is the playmaking aspect. I think Jabari still doesn't, I don't think, create his own shot really at all. Um, and, yeah, Brandon Miller's he's different. He, he, he kind of has those Paul George-like step backs, and he's got a bag for sure. 
Yeah, no, he, he's very crafty. I, I watched Jabari at, at Auburn a little bit before last year's draft, and I would only see like jab opposite one dribble pull ups. But I'm saying yeah. Brandon Miller take it up the floor, um, and whatnot. But let's let's get outside the top three, I guess, and look outside more of the top ten. Um, there's guys like Jet Howard. That's a name that I know from Michigan. But yeah. talk about a couple guys. It doesn't have to be him, but I guess in the top ten, top fifteen range, what are some guys you have your eyes on that I think those lottery team picks should 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 really have their watch on? Well, I think piggybacking off Brandon Miller, I think Cam Whitmore out of Nova is a another home run. If he escapes the top ten, it's it's I don't know what these NBA people are doing. Uh, he's very similar two way guy, right off the jump. He, I think he can contribute right away. Uh, explosive athlete, probably. I mean, maybe outside of some of the top guys, the, the Thompson brothers, I don't know much about, but I know they're bouncy. But he's as bouncy as those guys. Uh, also a very good rebounder. Uh, and he's got that NBA build already. So it's like, yeah, I would I would say he's a great one. Um, then my other guy who I really love in that range is Grady Dick. I mean, mm. come on. I, I think he's – everyone's just looking at him. He's going to be a shooter. Um, but he actually did so much more than that at Kansas. He won them a lot of games. Uh, deceptively athletic, but also very – active deceptively active i would say defensively um and i think he only has room to grow and i think he can be Jesus Christ. sorry um i think he could be a guy who uh who could be an all-star in this league which is kind of weird to looking at him but i think he definitely could be how about you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know. I For me, I, I really only knew the Thompson twins coming in, half of from my league created drafts, but also like looking into overtime elite. Um, but like I know the Thompson twins are, are both really athletic and that's kind of been their main kind of viewpoint. Like they can hit open jumpers in OTE, but I feel like that's still more of a rec league style. You're not playing in front of a loud crowd. You're playing in front of, I think, five to ten grand fans that right. aren't, you know, as passionate, have that emotional connection to their school. Um, which kind of leads me to my next question in terms of like the OTE G League Ignite overseas route um, versus going to college. Like we see a ton of guys, I guess, trying to maximize their potential in terms of both making money um, and getting real coaching experience at the pro level. Um, so, I mean, you have Lamella going overseas. That clearly worked out. He was one of the best players in the NBA. And he, he's besides injuries that's turned out. But we look at guys that have gone to Ignite and and haven't panned out as much as their high school ranking, for example, like Jalen Hardy. I know he's picking up now, but he was a second round pick. Um, so what are your thoughts in terms of like what route high school prospects should go and, and should they try to get money now with NIL in terms of college or just go for the seven figure check with like OTE or Ignite? Yeah. I mean, OTE and Ignite honestly forced NIL to become such a big thing um, because you look at the top 10 I mean, we talked about three of them already. Uh, top 10 guys, three of them are from the, uh, you know, what is it, OTE or Ignite? I don't even know the difference. But I would say, I guess the big difference for me would be the speed. I think they're trying to play at more of an NBA speed rate from that age, which um, obviously is great. But I think there's also a lot of pros to the college basketball game style. I think these guys come out of school much more polished as prospects. Whereas I think these OTE Ignite guys are going to be very – um, even rawer than the college kids are. Like, I think everyone would always talk about in the past, the European guys were super polished and played like pros already. And then the college guys were, uh, you know, a little bit more raw. I think these guys are even more raw. They're special athletic talents, but, you know, I, and that's when it just comes down to the kid. If they're going to work, 
if it comes out of their situation, you know, if you get drafted the wrong team, like the very big bust potential. So that's why I, I think if we talk about busts, I think those guys might come up to me, but also they could have very high ceilings and they do. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. That 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 athleticism thing is is just really harping, especially the way the drafts kind of changed. Um, I mean, these kids are freak athletes. You've seen some crazy stuff. But going back to like the twenty twenty draft, for example, I don't want to harp on the Knicks, but they a key, I guess, case study even um, or use case was them taking Obi Toppin um, instead of a guy like Tyrese Halliburton, and I think that's a perfect example where Obi Toppin's a guy yeah. that was jumping out the gym, hitting these fast break East Bays and fast break windmills versus Halliburton, which is much more playmaking IQ, slower kind of guard. And he's turned into a, one of the best players in the league. One of the best point guards in the league, in my opinion, versus Toppin, who's in my opinion, going to get traded. He's more of a role player getting eight to 10 minutes a game. So when you look at that, I guess, I know obviously each team has different needs. It's case by case, but how do you, what are your takes on in terms of the talent versus athleticism side and, and how skilled a player is, but versus the upside of drafting a guy that maybe six, eight, that can jump and kind of right. trying to train him into a player that can handle or, or shoot the ball. It's a great example. And I think there's also an aspect of the, you know, undersized guy or the slower guy that was super successful in college, the Jalen Brunson's two championships, the, you know, Malcolm Brogdon, like, you know, player of the year, all American level guy who go in the second round. I mean, it's like, how did that guy go in the second round? Like these guys are mainstays in the league now. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, I would say it, it kind of depends on what you're looking for as a franchise. If I'm an NBA, if I'm an NBA exec drafting, um, I think if you're trying to hit a lottery pick, like you're trying to really, you know, hit a big and, take a big swing for the fences you you uh you know you take a reach maybe on some guy that's a little bit more unproven but if you're just a piece or two away there's so many guys that are safe and you know can help right now like i think that's what the draft should be because the amount of guys in this in these drafts that just like i mean don't pan out is like crazy so yeah no, a lot of guys that end up in street clothes after a couple of years or I want to say street clothes, but overseas, yeah, packing their bags to go play in Costa Rica or China or Turkey or whatever the big leagues are over there. But I guess looking at now in terms of like what you said, looking for, I guess, more in-depth talent and not looking purely at athleticism for guys that don't pan out. Um, just in the first, even the second round, um, from your experience, especially the past year watching college ball, are there any eyes or any guys that you have your eyes on that you hope get drafted that get a shot at the league? Could be an undrafted guy that pops mm-hmm. at summer league. Um, just guys to kind of we'll call it s'mores watch list. Just any guys you think that are not going to be a top ten, top fifteen pick, but have the potential to really you know grow and, and spread into a good player. Well, I think the one guy undrafted that I would think of would be Adama Sanogo, who's I mean obviously has a championship DNA, but we saw him grow so much this year. He was. Uh, you know, a good, not, I would, I wouldn't even say great big man. He wasn't on the all American real watch list. I don't think going into the season and he turned into, you know, the dominant rebounder and defender he was, but he also turned into a shooter, a scorer and a playmaker. And then, I mean, that showed in March, they beat every good team um, and like ended up winning the whole thing. So I would say him not going, him not getting drafted. I think he's like late second round undrafted area. That would be crazy. I like. I, I think any team should take a flyer on him, and you could see him playing valuable minutes. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess to. I mean, I would say the other two UConn guys in the draft, uh, Jordan Hawkins, 
who's more of like a maybe middle first. He's got tremendous upside. I, I think if a good team, I think if like a Lakers get him or something, and LeBron has him to, you know, just be a shooter and he's not a bad defender. Um, and once he puts on that NBA weight, he could be real special. Um, and then Andre Jackson, who's definitely flies under the radar. All these guys, by the way, have championship DNA, which I think is slept on. But you look at guys in this league, they oftentimes have success at the levels before. Um, Andre Jackson, sick defender, probably the best defender in the draft. Um, and if he gets a jump shot with the NBA development, gets to the right team, it's over. He's a starter in the league for sure. And he's not even in the top 45 picks, I don't think, right now. So, Yeah. Um, also, like I like you said, championship DNA. I think the perfect example is Christian Brown went from winning a college title in 2022 to an NBA champ. Yeah. And also, I know I don't think Divincenzo's won a ring. He may have gotten one with the Bucks, even though he was hurt. But um, I think he turned out into a great. Like, I've always been high on Divincenzo, but I think those guys that play at the highest pressure and the highest level and have won, they they expect or want to win at the next Absolutely. level. Um, so I think it's a great take, but kind of flipping the switch here and, and looking at guys that you don't think are going to pan out. It could be high picks. It could be guys that aren't even going to get looked at that you are, or you agree with um, any guys that you, maybe you just don't like that you've watched. Um, just give me your takes on any guys that you think are going to be really negative and, and not really impactful in the league. Yeah. I mean, my love of college basketball is centered around sports gambling. So I have, uh, preconceived feelings about some of these guys based on the money they've won or lost me for sure. Um, but I think first of all, I think Jairus Walker's way too high. Really? Uh, yeah. I he mean, was I, one guy, like I watched his tape. He can stretch the floor and he can play defense. I feel like that's an NBA mold guy, but maybe I'm just a casual. I don't watch college balls. So. I mean, he can stretch the floor and he can rebound. I think his floor is quite high, probably one of the highest in the draft. Like I think he's a, play now guy but in terms of like you know all-star all-nba level guy i don't think he'll ever get there um mm -hmm. but yeah i mean to each their own if it's in that slot looking for that final piece like i was talking about i think he can uh you know contribute now um would you say like a comparison for him would be like aaron gordon he was a top 10 pick and plays a great role role guy yeah, averaging yeah, I think, I mean, something like that i think aaron gordon probably runs circles around him right now but uh in terms of coming out, yeah, probably. I think, yeah, I mean, if he can be Aaron Gordon, what he is now, it's a great pick. Uh, but, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm not too sure about him. And then another guy I'm also not sure about is Anthony Black. He's, I think, too high as well. Mm. He's got tremendous size for a guard. And he has, I mean, he has great playmaking ability. He has a nice feel for the game. But I think Ricky Council is the better guard on that team, like all year. I don't, I mean, I understand the age and the size, but. He's not really a scorer whatsoever. He can't shoot. Um, so was I Nick Smith that. hurt or did Nick Smith just not Nick play? Nick Smith was hurt like all year, probably played. He got some time and then he he had some big games towards the end of the year, I think. I think Nick Smith's probably in this draft, right? Yeah. He he, he's project, he was projected to go top five, I think, preseason. And, and now I'm looking at top ten. I think that's what I saw. But Yeah. I mean, I think Nick Smith and Ricky Council both better uh, – yeah, Nick Smith, Jesus, he was good. He's very – I mean, I guess he's kind of another guy too. He was very erratic. Um, yeah, I didn't love those Arkansas guards, but they did well in the tournament, so. Yeah, another I would, guy – One I like from Arkansas, one more thing, is uh, Jordan Walsh. He's like – Oh, wow. He's like late second round as well, middle second round. I don't – he's just a freak athlete. Um, 
and yeah, I mean, if you want to talk about defending, like he can contribute right now. If he gets a jumper, again, starter in this league. Yeah, I think the three and D thing is just because you know the guys that are going to be your primary ball handlers, like the Jason Tatum's or the Jalen Browns, yeah. minus the ball handling. Um, but the guys that are going to go score and get you a bucket that you need the complimentary guys that are going to give you 110% on defense but can knock down the open jumper. Right. Um, I think there's a lot of those in this draft. It's a very deep yeah, draft. Yeah, that's, that's the NBA mold. I think that a random, random thing, but I think that's what Bronny needs to kind of not focus on but be okay with settling into. And obviously the yeah. hype should have gone down on that. But um, another guy I also yeah. liked, again, all my knowledge comes from playing my league 2Ks and getting in the future with these mock-created drafts. But Derek well, Lively – um, like he was projected oh. to be top five before going to college. Then he went to college at Duke. I remember he didn't get much playing time. Play. Everything was so negative. And now he's hitting in these clutch pro day workouts. He's hitting deep, limitless threes. Like I have no idea what's going with this guy. All I know is he's seven, two. Um, please give me your thoughts on him. Yeah, and I, mean, I guess his other Connor part, um, uh, I forgot his name, Kyle Filipowski. Oh, Filipowski's staying at Duke. Oh, actually. So yeah, Duke's a favorite to win the Natty next year. Mostly because of that. Um, but I, I, Whitehead, Tariq Whitehead came out and he's probably, I, I like him. I think, like you said, I, both him and Lively were, Lively was top three guy. Whitehead was probably top 10. Uh, yeah. And they're both, they both fell 30 picks from there. Or no, Lively's probably still a lottery guy, but um, they both fell significantly from what they were projected at the beginning of the year. Um, mm-hmm. So I would say with Lively, I, the playing time wasn't there, and I think that was because he's extremely raw. The athleticism's obviously there, and when he would play, you would see it. It was like, how is this guy not dominating this game? Like, he's seven two, the most athletic guy on the floor. Um, but the, I, I think offensively, he needs a lot of work. Mm-hmm. But the athleticism and the rebounding and the interior def- defense is there. Um, just needs a lot of help offensively. I would say Whitehead. If it wasn't for the injuries, he was honestly the guy I kind of liked out of Duke better. Uh, super polished, again, 3 and D guy. Newark, New Jersey guy, so it's like kind of a home run pick for me. But, uh, yeah, Lively, I like. I don't know if I like him before 15, though. I would say. Hmm. Well, let's say a team really, like, it's all position-based in my opinion. Obviously, we, moves can be made pre-draft or right before the draft, for example, or right. even tomorrow. Like, we have no idea, but – I guess if a team like to for back or letter example, um, Jesus, that's the that was a terrible way of saying it. Uh, for lack of a better example, needs like a guy like Lively, not to stretch the floor, but an interior presence, um, someone that's going to go block shots, and you're banking on the athleticism again. Going back to this point, like he's a seven-two guy with his wingspan and length isn't going to come around that often. Let alone if he sneaks out of the lottery, right? Um, then it's a home run. Like I don't exactly. It's a great guy to take a flyer on who had top three, top five potential not so long ago. It wasn't like two years ago. It was like six months ago. So, Yeah. Okay, so focusing on, I guess, not the big power power schools, the Dukes and the Kentuckys, going to like the lower mid-majors. Um, we've seen success from guys like Job, Damian Lillard. Um, those Ooh. are like the big names. But, for example, a guy that I've seen all over my TikTok for you page is Grant Nelson the entire season from North Dakota State. Um, he's a six eleven guy that can handle. He's throwing down these mean poster jams. Um, two part question. I don't know if you know anything about Grant Nelson, but if you do, talk to me about him. But main main point of my question is: Do you think these guys playing at these lower range schools are obviously going to get more touches? 
average more better numbers. So they're playing against worse competition. Um, do you, I know that obviously affects their stock in terms of how they lie, but how realistic do you think that comparison is going to the league? Because obviously John his second year took a huge leap, but he was playing against bad guys, but he still is consistent in the league. Obviously he has some off the court issues, but my opinion is he, he still is a great player. And you can kind of see that even though he was playing at a, at right. a lower mid-major school. Right. Yeah. I remember watching Ja in college and he, you could see the NBA. It was like, yeah. how is this guy at the school? But uh, I don't know much about Grant Nelson. I do know he was like a really, he was like a crazy, uh, I don't, is he going to, uh, is he in the draft? He, he was in the mock drafts that I saw. All right. Well, I'm not positive if he's in the drafts because I, th- I don't think so, actually. Yeah. He might transfer. Yeah. I thought Alabama. he was Alabama. Yeah, was it Alabama? I kind of remember seeing he was going to like a big school. So, I mean, that goes to your point, though, of like these guys have two choices. They can test the waters and, you know, be a late pick probably under their value if they were at a bigger school or they can transfer and try and prove themselves on that level. But I think, I mean, you said it. There's so many guys in this league that come from schools that are like, where the fuck even is that? Like. I, don't, I think it all goes out the window once these guys are in the league. It's who can play, who can develop. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it's not for – it's really not for everybody in the NBA. There's been yeah. guys who are from the best schools, uh, the highly touted high school recruits that just don't do anything in the league. Like, uh, So, I mean, it's it really goes all out the window. It's who can play. I think a guy talking about mid-majors, and it's kind of a good story – going off what we were talking about, this guy, um, AirPods, Brandon Pozmowski, whatever his name is. So he went to, he was a top, he was a four-star recruit, five-star recruit, went to Illinois, uh, didn't play like a lick, maybe played two minutes a game, transferred to Santa Clara. And then he's basically averaged a triple-double this year and mm-hmm. has been like stat stuffing, you know, all of uh, the combine and stuff. I think he's a guy, if he falls out of the first round, he's a, great get um and a really unique player like i think he can win over some fans with his play style and he's you know always in the stat sheet whether it's rebounding assist um defensively he's a he's a good really good player and he's a guy that went to santa clara like who you can't name one guy in the nba that's at santa clara but he'll be someone i think in five years that'll still be playing so uh, Jalen Williams went to Santa Clara. Uh, he's one of the best players on the Thunder. I don't know if oh, you remember that. Jalen Williams did. Went, and he was a great pick, and it's a great he example. Was. He was yeah. a steal. We look at it now. He's a complete steal. Yep. I always get um, those Cali schools mixed up, man. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of them that kind of get picked on there. But another guy I want to talk about is Taylor Hendricks. This is a guy that I have literally not heard about at all until like kind of the last, I guess, month of March Madness even. Not even from that, but or like the college season. Um. He's apparently like a modern big who can protect the rim and stretch the floor. Um, but talk to me about him if you know anything about Taylor. Yeah, I, I think he's got a lot of comparisons to maybe like a Jeremy Grant, maybe like kind of like a three, four. But I think he played more of a five in college just because of where he was at. Um, I think he's a little unproven against competition, but he's a freak athlete. Again, great three and D guy. Um whose jumper is like pretty smooth, actually. Like I wasn't really – like I was – when I was looking at it, I was like, oh, this guy's going to be a bust for me. And then I was kind of looking at him. And I was like, yeah, he's actually a pretty good shooter. Um, 
I think he'll be good. I, I think he's got a high floor as well. He's kind of like a, uh, like a, uh, Jesus, Jairus Walker, but um, I think he maybe has a little bit more upside due to his athleticism. Yeah, I completely agree there. I mean, I haven't watched much of his tape, but I've been reading up about, I guess, like the top 10, 15 guys last week, and he's a name that, or the, the, the write-up, um, I think I read on ESPN, or, or the rigor was was, was great. Um, but as we wrap up, is there last any last thoughts, any last comments, takes you want to give out? Can be about the NBA or college, but drafts on Thursday. Let us know anything you got. Another guy coming out this year is Chris Murray. It's a good one to keep an eye on Keegan Murray's uh, little little brother uh, or twin brother. They look, yeah, I think they're twins. But um, his stock's way too low. He shouldn't. He should be a first round pick. Um. I don't think he's anything different than his brother. I think he actually might be a little bit better coming out of school. Actually, no, Keegan Murray's pretty good, but he's very good. Uh, he took over games late in the season last year, and I think he'll know his role as a NBA bench 3 and D guy. I think he's a very safe uh, guy that'll be in this league for a while. And then another name, you want to talk about 2K, my league, Imani Bates. Oh, Will be in this draft. He's one that I've gotten back and forth on. I think he's six team, nine, and like I, I would take him, or I would I, if he doesn't get drafted, I would at least be the first team to try to sign him to a two way yeah, deal. Yeah, I mean, as a, if you're a team past forty five, you I think you absolutely take a flyer on him. He has all star potential. I mean, he could also just be a complete bust and won't play a game in the NBA. But I think at that. Time of the draft, it's worth taking that uh, uh, that pick because he still has – I mean, he went to Eastern Michigan, but he would score half his team's points every game. He was ridiculous. Like, I, yep. you know, two years ago, he's a top three guy. Um, so, I think great guy to take a flyer on. Should be interesting, but he could also be a complete bust. Yeah, we'll absolutely. Well, we'll see you on Thursday. Um, but thank you again, Swart, for hopping on. Look out for a post-draft analysis. We'll get that cooking – um, bring on some more guys to kind of announce, analyze what the team needs were and if they kind of fulfilled those. And obviously, I'm sure we'll have a lot of trade talk to, to go through because without a doubt, there will be moves that will be made. And we got, a, we got our eyes kept on a lot of guys. But thank you guys more for hopping on. Of course. Thank you for tuning in to the bubble for episode three. And, and we'll see you guys next time. Of course.